There are all her clothes. That's her school books from the tech. Her name's still written on them. Jamie was here. They're all, that's, that's her school uniform from the tech. It's her shirt. You can still, if you actually smell those clothes, you can still smell Jamie off them. They're her teddies. They're all her teddies. That was her one for her pyjamas anyway. She always put her pyjamas in that. That zipped up the back. That was another one. She used to cling him on to the window on her curtain. <laughs> He'd cling on to the window of her curtain. It's her shirt. And that's, that was what was returned to me when she died. A bag with her stuff in it. That's the jewellery that was all cut off her. And there's pieces of her hair still in that bag. They were all cut because they were cut off her. Cut off her fingers. Uh, what else? They're the keys of her bedroom door. And they're her little poems that she had. Born free, now I'm exposed. And the other one. If we can put a man on the moon, how come we can't put them all there? <laughs> there are two key rings. And that's her jeans. They're the jeans that she had on her that night. Her jeans and her top. And that's all. Look, that was in her pocket of her jacket. A lollipop. That was in the pocket of her jacket. Saturday, June 26th, 2004, Cabin Town. The last time I seen Jamie, I was sitting in my room, in my bedroom, sitting on the bed. I was looking through my father's memorial cards, and she came down, and she was after getting a new T-shirt and jeans, and she said to me, Mam, what do you think of these on? And I said, they're lovely, and I always remember the memory I have of her swinging her hair in the mirror, because she had long black hair, and she loved straightening her hair. She used to straighten her hair with a pair of straighteners, and if she, didn't, if she didn't straighten it, it'd be real bushy. And she used to love straightening it. And she came down that morning, that evening, and she swung her hair in the mirror. And she said to me, right, Mammy, I'm going over as far as Melissa's. That was her other friend. I'm going over as far as Melissa's for a while. And I said, right, Jamie, what time will you be back? And she said she'd be back at half seven. And she just, I just, I don't, still don't know to this day why I actually looked out the window watching her going down the road because I'd never used to do that I'd say goodbye to her at the door like and I'd know she'd be back in about an hour or half an hour and I looked out the window at her to see what way she was going and she walked on down by my house to the bottom of the road that was my last time I would have seen her There's a vicious killer on the loose in the wilds of County Monaghan the animal was jumped on from the rear and then partially eaten there have been no further reported sightings since then. Cavan Gardaí are to resume road patrols this morning. Sunday, June 27th, day one. And the search is all anyone in the northwest is talking about. Over the weekend, a big, healthy five-month-old calf was killed in an attack with all the hallmarks of a big cat taking down prey. Gardaí and County Cavan have been conducting patrolled searches outside the town and uh, after sightings of a large black cat, not a pussy cat. The search for the Black Panther. Gardaí accepts there is an animal in the area but say it's still unidentified. My advice uh, to parents and people in the area at the moment is to be vigilant. 
I was ringing and ringing and ringing, but at this stage, Jamie's phone was ringing, but ringing out, and just going on to her answering machine. Josephine Farley is worried about her 14-year-old daughter, who has not come home. She's standing in a graveyard. I was out at Cullis Graveyard because it was the blessings of the grave in Cullis and my mother and father were buried out there. And myself and Jamie always went and Rebecca and Ryan, we always went to it together. And then a cousin of mine came down after coming down from her own mother's grave. And Jojo whispered to me that Jamie never came home. Monday 28, day two, at last a sighting. Caught on camera at least. I contacted the guards the Monday morning and told them that she hadn't come home and that I ha couldn't contact her because her phone kept ringing out. At this stage, we're treating her post quite seriously because of the potential threat to children and other people in, living in this area. Then there was a girl next door, and I went out and I asked her, did she see her? And she said no, she hadn't seen her, but she said she knew that there was parties in a Brazilian house up in Harmony Heights. That she said there was a young, an awful lot of young crowd going up there, and she said maybe Jamie could have went up with them. And it was actually Weldo, which I didn't know at the time, but it was actually Weldo Cavalcanti opened the door. And I asked him, did he see Jamie? Did he know Jamie? He said, I know Jamie, but she's not here, in broken English. Jamie's bedroom door had been locked. She always locked her bedroom door when she went out. So I broke the lock on the door to see if there was anything in the room or had she taken anything out of the room. And when I went into the bedroom, the very first thing I seen on her locker beside her bed was a picture he was just sitting on a chair in the photograph. I'd say it must have been taken in his house or somewhere, I don't know, but he was just sitting on an armchair in the photograph and it was a very close-up photograph of him. And when I seen it, I knew straight away that it was the man that had opened the door to me in Harmony Heights. Tuesday, 29th, day three. I thought I taught a putty tat. I did, I did. Um, Rory Geary's picture of army marksmen with Garda Inspector Pat McMorrow as they set out yesterday on the search for what is believed to be a puma. Very, very worried about her and because her phone, her phone had gone dead at this stage. It, hadn't, it wouldn't ring anymore. Her battery was gone dead in her phone. So we went then to where he worked and we went up to Liffey Meets and he came out and when he seen me at the door, Jamie's mother, I said, yes, I am Jamie's mother. Where is my daughter? He maintained Jamie left his house at 2 o'clock in the morning to go home. Jamie wouldn't have come home, I said, at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I said, why was Jamie up in your house? Party my house, party my house. And he said, I says, please, please, I'm begging of you as a mother. Where is Jamie? Because I am a mother of two girls. And I begged of him, begged of him, where was Jamie? Wednesday, 30th, day four. Star Sunday has decided to offer a €5,000 reward in total for the safe, safe capture of this leopard that's on the loose. We decided we'd make posters. We took a picture of Jamie that was taken and we enlarged the snap of Jamie and made it into posters. We left my mobile number on it. We left the guard's number and calving on it and saying, like, what Jamie left the house in. Somebody had to search for Jamie and we all went in in a lane and we all were going down and... And the reason why how we've done the search in a line, I've seen it on telly, you know, searching. Thursday 1st, day 5. Firstly, I want to say that, that I've read that there's a black puma wandering around your home area, so... <laughs> and I want to, to take... It's a subject for the leader's question, Deputy. <laughs> 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 
Longford. Fifteen of us went to Longford, fifteen women in cars went to Longford. We, the rest of us was going round giving in leaflets. Friday, second, day six. A knock came to the door. Father Kevin Fay came into the house first and he said to me, George, can I speak to you for a minute? And I said, yeah. And I walked out of the kitchen, walked into the sitting room and Father Kevin was there. And I said, well, Father Kevin, and he said, I said, still no luck on Jamie. And he turned around and he said to me, Jojo, I have found Jamie. And I said, why didn't she come with you? She wouldn't get into the car. Why would she wouldn't get into the car, would she, would she not? I said, bring me to her and I'll, I'll bring her home. And he said, no, Jojo, it's not like that. I found her up in Harmony Heights. And I said, well, come on, we'll go up and get her. And he said, Jojo, I found her body at the back of a house in Harmony Heights. It didn't, it didn't actually sink in. It, I still couldn't, I couldn't grasp it at all. I said, no, it's not Jamie's body. And he said to me, yes, it is Jamie's body, Jojo. And then Mick Mulvey came in and superintendent and he said, yes, it is Jamie's body. She's been identified. It is your daughter's body. She's at the back of a house in Harmony Heights. And I said, what is she doing at the back of a house in Harmony Heights? Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. Captain Brandon and his crew, welcome aboard. This is my number 3770 to Campo Grande. To get to Caslinja, you must take a three-hour flight from São Paulo to Campo Grande. You then take a three-hour bus journey through the landscape you imagine when you think of Latin America. The Irish company Leafy Meats made this long journey to find workers. That is how Valdo Cavalcanti came to Harmony Heights. Any houses will be here all together, Nono? In just this here, Harmony Heights? Or in the whole area? That's a whole housing estate there on the right, that's a whole housing estate on the left and then straight up in front of us is another housing estate and over here on the corner is the start of another housing estate. When Harmony Heights was first built, it sat on its own, overlooking Calvin Town. I don't, I'd, I don't know, I'd still come up and I'd still leave flowers in Alberta and our anniversary and things like that. I'd still do that. This is where the body of 14-year-old Jamie Farley Mon lay for six days before it was found. Do you remember we went round and at the her, her little body was still, the chalk was still there where she... You know, the coroner's report said she did not die on this spot. Her body was dumped here. Well, her little body was laid, Kieran. It was chalked. Well, I suppose the guards done that. I don't know. That was behind the house. And we lay flat where we... But any, the last time I was up there, they were building a wall that you couldn't get round the side of the house, wherever actually where body was. This is how many heights. She was wearing size 10 Little Miss Posh jeans and a top with Love Me written on it. Her mobile phone rang for the first two days while her body lay on Harmony Heights. That's it there, no? No, doesn't it? That's it there. And they don't know where the man is. Yeah. The trees are gone and everything. There was no fence in there when Jamie was found. No, that's all new. I will. 
Did he has a gate there on the wall where where the back of the house is, the entrance of the house. Where's all the trees? Then the, the when thing couldn't see it, no. couldn't see. Jojo, we he, she, he could get the girls. I'm not really worried about him. See the gate. Ah, oh, there, yeah, yeah, that's where the trees. It's very funny that woman couldn't see that child there laying there. The trees were higher, weren't they, Jojo? See that big green tree there? Mm. The tree was higher. And then I see the other house, the opposite house next door to that. There was nobody in that house at the time. That house was empty. Remember, no, no, that was Leahy's. They had an oil spill. Yes. And there was nobody in that house next door, but there's somebody in that house there, of course. They took the wall down and everything, Jojo. Yeah. Well, we sat and had the cigarette. Yeah. We sat there and had a cigarette on that wall. There was a wall there, and now there's a fence there. And there's the house over there where she was in that that white door, is it, in Jojo? Yeah. That's the house she died in. Is there somebody living there now? It's rented out, I think. The coroner's report said somebody had sex twice with Jamie the night she died. We don't know exactly when this happened and what time it happened. Well, I mean, it's a big enough area and there's enough houses. How did he manage to get her body from there across there with no, not, no one in this house in the state seeing him? The coroner's report said she died of an ecstasy overdose. We don't know where she got the ecstasy. I don't like this area at all. I hate it. Just hate it. Harmony Heights is five minutes from Calvin General Hospital. Her life might have been saved. I mean, this is the last journey she ever took. That was little did she know. Like, she never, never came into her head. She was never going to return. We don't know what exactly happened that night in the house on Harmony Heights. Well, life will always move on. It'll always go ahead. It doesn't stop for some people. It does stop for others. Veldo Cavalcante, a 23-year-old Brazilian, was sentenced to two years for statutory rape. This is Veldo Cavalcante's friend, Paulo Saiki. He says... There are other possibilities. He's being accused because he's Brazilian. He went to Ireland to try his luck, see if he could find a better future for him. She was class, like she was actually, she was really fun. You want to be friends with her. This is Melissa Brady, a good friend of Jamie's. Do you know the way? At a wake, just a wake. There was no really wake for her because, like, she was in the morgue, the coffin, like, and we didn't get to see it. And then, but like, it wasn't like she was dead, do you know what I mean? And then, I don't know, we talked, we still talked to Jojo, we still caught up to Jojo, talked to Jojo. It was just like there's something missing. But Jojo has a garden now, because we see where Jojo lives now. That used to be a field. And we all, that's where we built our huts and tried to do all that. And that's why jo, she's got the bench and the garden up there. So she has, cause I'd rather go up there to go out to the grave, because, I don't know, it doesn't feel right. I wouldn't class them as boyfriend girlfriend, but they definitely won't. I don't think they're boyfriend girlfriend at all. Definitely not. You know, like, she'd shift to bed or something, like, that. that's it. So that that was it, like nothing else apart from that. So like we didn't really believe it. We're like, oh my god, no way. 
I remember a few years ago, we bought a bus. Someone got us a bottle of cider or something. We all, all of us drunk throughout, but like, we all got caught for it. There was a bottle of cider between like five or six of us, it was. But that was it, like, nothing, no way was it ease. She, wouldn't, she definitely wouldn't have took any of those. She wouldn't be like that. I think he's innocent. I am sure he is innocent. He says there are a lot of possibilities. Veldo was in a strange country. He didn't bring drugs with him from Brazil. I don't know what happened up there. Uh, I think about it sometimes, but I can't think about it. I don't know. I don't know what happened up there, but I just wish it didn't. Sorry. If you kill someone, it's grand. But, like, if you do something, like, if you're fighting on the streets, if you, yeah, like, I don't know, do something bad, like... See, if you throw a bag of rubbish away, you get a fine. But if you dump a body, you get nothing. That's that's the way they left us, so was. Because her body was dumped behind the house, left there, so was. The guards didn't look for because all they were worried about is this big black hat that was out. So was. that's what they were looking for. That's it. And they didn't look for her, so they didn't... So why should we put a trust in the guards if they can't even help us do whatever? And what was the black hat? It was a black panther around the country or something at that time, and that's what they were looking for, because I remember they were looking for the cat or something. I don't know. They were more worried about a cat than a person. That's 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 the like it was. That sounds funny, like, saying that, but <laughs> that's what it was like, though. It's a memorial garden, like it was made for Jamie. Now, in the beginning, this garden was only that size, Kieran. It was done for Jamie. It was all Jamie's friends and, uh, like, the mothers, and the whole lot put that garden together for me. I never had one thing to do with that garden, and they got it donated from all the shops in the town. And uh, Kathleen Brady, there'd been another friend of Jamie's, Melissa, Melissa Brady, that you were t speaking to, her mother got this done as a donation to all her friends was to put their handprints on it and to write their names underneath it. And that was done in cement, and as it says here, forever friends. Can you name, read out the names there for me? It'll be Laura, Melissa, Tricia, Aoife. And of course... No, no, I, and myself. Yeah. <laughs> There's her mother's handprints, and that's my handprint. And Stacey Lee would have been another one that would have was supposed to put her handprint on it, but she couldn't. She just couldn't do it. No. She wasn't able to do she it together. She wasn't able to change. Valdo Cavalcante served 18 months for statutory rape. Before his release, he was subpoenaed to attend the inquest into Jamie's death. The Gardaí confiscated his passport. And then I said, like I said to myself, well, they're going to ask him these questions now. Now I'll find out. They're going to have to ask him these. I wanted to find out how she died. 
Did she suffer? Who carried her across the road? What day she was left across the road? And, like, why she was left across the road? Why did he dump her there? Why did he not call an ambulance for the child? A mother needs to know exactly what went down. On the 10th of January last year, three days after his release, Feldo Cavalcante left the country. In a strange way, I was looking forward to the inquest to find out, would I find out anything more? I knew Weldo had to be there, and I knew that my barrister was going to be there. So I said, right, they're all going to cross-examine this man, and he's bound to break. He's bound to say, right, I put her body across the road. Yes, I had sex with this child. Yes, she lay there for a week. This is not the story of a poor Brazilian and a rich Irish girl. Veldo Cavalcanti's family are well connected. The door is answered by his blonde girlfriend. Veldo comes to the door. He's wearing only boxer shorts. But how can you forget? By forgetting. You were involved with her. How can you forget? I have another girlfriend. Veldo doesn't want to talk about the past anymore. Veldo has moved on. Sometimes I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be somebody sitting here, one of her friends. Some, it's always somebody that knew her. Or even late at night, there could be somebody sitting here. They'd just light their own little candles. There'd be candles on it at night. I always put candles on it at night. And if it's not too wild, some, some of the kids will light them. I'd sit down on her part of the grave, like, and I'd tell her. I'd tell her everything that was going on during the day, myself and Rebecca and Ryan, like, what we were doing and the kids and... I'd say to her, Jamie, they still miss you and all this thing. But when he went back to Brazil, like I had promised her so many times, I'd been out there and I promised her. I said, Jamie, and at every court case, I'd go out after every court case and I'd tell her what happened. I'd say to her, Jamie, this went on today, that went on today. and We're getting there, Jamie, we're getting there. But then when I found out that he had gone back to Brazil, I found it very hard to go out and tell her that because I felt as if I had let her down, because I promised her. I promised her faithfully that I'd get him for what he'd done. I told her, yeah, I told her that. But I told her, I said, Jamie, they let him go. I didn't say I let him go because I couldn't keep him here. I told her they let him go. Your government, I said, Jamie, the Irish, the law, everybody has gone down, Jamie. They let him go. They took him out of the country. They brought him back. Whatever contacts this man has in Brazil, he has some pull behind him. Eu queria que as agências não cumpriram ainda 
a sua finalidade. This is Senator James Tabet. He died last year. He spent a lifetime in politics. Brazil has a population of more than 182 million. The senator made representations on behalf of Valdo Cavalcanti. They were both born in the same small town. Valdo Cavalcanti claimed in a series of interviews with Brazilian media that the senator was a friend of the family, had paid for his ticket home and arranged his repatriation, a claim that is also made on the Brazilian Foreign Affairs website. On the 7th of January 2006, an official from the Brazilian Embassy contacted the Garda National Immigration Bureau, the GNIB. He wanted Valdo Cavalcante's passport returned. Valdo was booked on a flight back to Brazil in three days' time. The embassy official was told to cancel the flight. Valdo had been summoned to appear at Jamie's inquest. It would be a criminal offence for Mr Cavalcante to fail to attend. The GNIB explained that they were not in a position to return Valdo's passport. They could not be complicit in his removal from the state. Great. I'd sent two letters and had phoned the Brazilian embassy. All I'd received was a photocopy of a year-old press release. That is why I am standing here in the lobby of the embassy. Hey, how's it going? Hey, not so bad. You obviously know that I, I sent you two letters and then I left Hello, two phone messages. I did acknowledge that. Sure. Um, the reason I was calling down is that we're actually going to be broadcasting. We're going to studio this weekend and there were a number of issues that were raised in our investigation that I would like the opportunity to be able to raise with the ambassador himself. Stelio Marcus Amarante was the Brazilian ambassador when Valdo Cavalcante left the country. He is still the ambassador. Yeah, well, you see, I've actually said the ambassador sent you a copy of the... The facts. Of the facts that were actually printed in the papers, in the media. Yeah. And there isn't much more that he can add to that. But, it, so it, but if we were to say that there was some, like, that we had differences with the facts that were sent out at the time, and that maybe that there was issues raised... Can I just stop you? Sure, me? of course. Uh, would you, the ambassador will be very kind sure. to actually receive you without an appointment. It would be fantastic. Okay, and but it would be very brief. Sure. And he has said everything that he would have to say about the case, you know. And okay. Well, that would be great. Look, thank you very much. It's very, very hard to think. Like I deal with it in my own way of dealing with it, and it's still very hard. And. There's days I'd be, I'd get up and I'd feel great, but it could come to two o'clock in the day and it could just hit me like that. It, there's never a day that it doesn't go out of your head. And for those children and even the smaller kids that I have, it'll hit them eventually too. Like they ask an awful lot of questions about her. How come Jamie came, went out, Mammy, and never came home? And why was everybody looking for Jamie, Mammy? Where did she disappear to? Like it's very hard for them. And children will be children. And at school... An awful lot of things have been thrown up into their faces. Like, I was asked, actually, why was your sister's body dumped? 
to my her own brother. Why was your sister's body dumped in a ditch? At least that never happened to any of my brothers or sisters. Like he came home from school crying one day and Tom ran and said to me, Mammy, why did they dump Jamie in a ditch? Hello, Ambassador, sorry. Sorry for the dropping in on you unannounced. It was just unfortunate I had sent a couple of letters and I just wanted us to talk to you in person. Do you have a card? Do you want an RTE card? Uh, yes. Yeah, of course. There. One of the issues raised was, was anybody in your embassy or any officials that work for you, were they ever warned by the GNIB that there was an upcoming um, inquest and that by law Valdo Cavalcanti was required to attend it? I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, informed about it. I wasn't in Dublin during this procedure of repatriation that had been decided, uh, I think, two or three months before his liberation. We had uh, talked to the authorities and we told them that we would prefer to have him repatriated because he would be in a very uh, fragile position here in Ireland. On the 7th of January, was any official from your department advised not to let Mr. Cavalcanti leave the country? I am not informed about it, but what they told me is that the lawyer of Mr. Cavalcanti told him that he was free. On the 7th of January, did anybody from your embassy receive advice from the GIB stating that Mr. Cavalcanti was to remain in the country as he was legally obliged well, they, to... They account? had all the means to keep him in the country. They had. If they had told us Mr. Cavalcanti cannot leave, of course, he would never have left Ireland. Yeah. If it was firm and clear, we, of course, we had no intention to, to, to let Mr. Cavalcanti to go to Brazil before taking him to the airport. We had no contacts with the guard. It seems that this uh, inquest of the coroner, because it took, took place three months after his liberation, and really, it's not fair to allow a man. And he was in, the, in prison for a long period. They could have done everything during that time. This is what I understand now. <laughs> he was released, actually, in January, so he would have had to wait. I think it would have been a case of five to six weeks. And um, This was a man who mm -hmm. um, had uh, sexual relations with a minor, had served his time for this, but also there was a debt, a mysterious debt, concerning this minor, and there were large questions that Mr Cavalcanti was expected to answer concerning mm -hmm. that. Surely, you'd think five weeks would have been a small time to, to sacrifice well, for I, answers to receive from... If it was really necessary, I think they, they could have done things more clearly to us. Yeah. It was not so clear. Nowadays, they say that it was very clear, but it, it was not so clear. If it had been said in those words, it would, of course, never facilitated his, his, his return. His family was okay. pressurizing us, saying that he felt uh, threatened. I, I don't know if it is true or not, but uh, we have our obligation towards our, our citizens. We, ha we suffered in England when a Brazilian citizen was killed by the police in the most uh, uh, absurd way. And then uh, that is terrible. And if something had happened to him, mm. I think it would be very bad for the for the Irish authorities. Yeah, mind, I think that uh, his his uh, trip, his return to Brazil, was uh, a great soulagement for 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 everybody. 
He claimed that he had assistance in his repatriation from a senator, Ramez Tebet, who at the time was in the Brazilian Senate. Mm. No, that's not true. Senator Ramez Tebet uh, uh, wrote to me, or, or, or called me from Brasilia, just to express his preoccupation with the with the situation of this, yeah, from the state of Mato Grosso do Sul. And that was his preoccupation. But the initiative for the repatriation was from the embassy here. I just got one, I just wanted to show you here that it's on. No, please, please, <laughs> no. come and so. No, no, this is the final question, I promise you. Yeah. Mm. That's, that there is just taken. Sorry, that there is taken from the Brit or the Brazilian Foreign mm -hmm. Ministry website. You can see the website underneath mm -hmm. it, and at the bottom or on the website, it states that Senator Ramos Tebes played a role mm -hmm. in the repatriation of. Mm -hmm. Well, the Senator Tebes, no, he he did not pay his ticket. No, no, that's not true. We bought the ticket, and with resources received from our ministry on our request, independently from what uh, mm. Senator Tebet had. Uh, had. Well, of course, the Senator uh, expressed his preoccupation. That was a natural, and we had also expressed the preoccupation with the state of this Brazilian citizen. That, uh, okay. 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 And Let's see. Uh, I hope this matter will not become a great issue, because really our role was just to to give the protection to this to this man who would be in a situation here. Yeah. It, it could happen for the it's not one, no? No it is on, yeah. It's it is on? Yeah, yeah. But um And that was the end of it. The ambassador showed me to the door. The fact is, in making this programme we discovered that the Gardi informed the Brazilian embassy on the 7th of January that Veldo Cavalcante was due to attend the inquest into the death of Jamie Farley Mon. His passport had been confiscated. In issuing him a new passport, the Brazilian embassy knowingly aided and abetted his flight from this jurisdiction. Veldo Cavalcante's mother comes to the door. She is like any mother. We want to forget young lady. She says Veldo did everything by the book. He left Ireland legally. For God's sakes, I beg you, the girl's family are on the other side of the world and we are in Brazil. Veldo wants to forget this things. She says the girl has a mother. I can't imagine myself in her situation. 
My son is here, thank God. I pray for her. My son is here. Well, there was always Jamie. Jamie always had her own little shrine, her own little corner in the in the sitting room. Always had. When I left my old house, I took everything belonging to Jamie with me. I would never have left anything behind, but all I have in this house of Jamie is her photographs. Her photographs, there's photographs of her everywhere. Like, I talk to them photographs in the morning. I tell her everything that's going on, what's going on all week. I tell her everything in the mornings. I still talk to her as if she's still here. The 14-year-old that left my house that night, I'll always see her as that. And even when her friends call up now, and they'd say, they'd still always call, and they'll always say, because I used to do them up, like if they were going out, they'd say to me, does that tan look right, or does this skirt look right on me, Jojo? And they'd all get dressed in my house, or else they'd get dressed in Melissa's house. But they'd still call up when they're going out to the Pioneer discos, and they'd say, well, do you think I look well? And I see them getting older, but I've, I... In my mind, Jamie doesn't get any older. She stays the way she was when she left my house that night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.